Well, hello, everybody. This is Lynette Wolf. And it's Brian Wolf. We're the Wolf Couple, and we are so excited that you're here for the Gold Club call. This, When you're a Gold Club member, we hold this call every second Monday of every month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which, which is awesome on behalf of Round the Grand and Global Publishing. This is such a valuable call, guys. If you're brand new to real estate or even if you've done a few deals, we're here to answer any questions you have today. Uh, this is your conduit, your link, your catalyst to success. You have to, you know, you figure out where you're at. You figure out what you need to know right now and what will create the greatest results for you in 2022. That's right. And I'm glad you brought that up, Brian, because... Um, like I said, we hold this call the second Monday of every month, Gold Club members. If you're a Gold Club member, you can actually submit deals and questions prior to the call, and um, we're going to review it. And also, if you're a Gold Club member, you can hit star six and get in the queue because we're going to answer questions and talk to you directly. If you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen in, but you can't participate, okay? So you can listen in, but you can't participate. Um, you can get more information and sign up for the Gold Club if you just go to ronsgoldclub.com, R-O-N-S, goldclub.com, okay? Right. And it's an amazing value, guys. It's, it's very affordable. I think it's around uh, the most affordable choice is about 50 bucks a month, I think, 50, 60 bucks a month. And the value is amazing. You get all the paperwork. That's one of the things I love. So many resources, so much connectivity, so much networking, uh, so many questions answered, so much training on there uh, on whatever subject that you want more training on. So It's amazing. Now, if you're a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question or discuss a deal, even if you didn't turn in a lead sheet, discuss a deal, talk about a victory, anything, press star six to enter in the queue. Um, if you're, by the way, if you're a Gold Club member and you did not, dial into the correct interactive line that is listed on your Gold Club membership website right on the homepage there after you log in, then you should hang up and dial back in using the correct phone number and access code so that you can hit star six and participate, okay? Right. We want your questions. We love it when you interact, and that's the folks who get the most out of this is the people who are engaged, taking a lot of notes. Uh, if you do not have a notepad, a computer, a tablet there ready to take notes, go grab one, grab a pen, because uh, that pen's going to be smoking hot by the time you're done. <laughs> That's right. Now, uh, those of you that don't know me and Brian, we're uh, Brian Lynette Wolf, the Wolf Couple, and we were blessed to meet Ron LeGrand about 18 years ago. And uh, he's changed Almost our life. 20 years ago. Oh, and, 20 years. You're right. Yeah. Been, we've been teaching with him for 18 years. We met him 20 years ago. I can't believe it's been 20 years already. That's right. So uh, Ron is awesome, guys. Ron is the, the uh, guru of the gurus. He's, he's the old man of the business. People call him Moses. We Ron, love him. Ron knows everything about real estate. You cannot stump Ron. And he's been around, and he really knows what makes money for you and he's taught us we ron was our personal mentor uh for for uh since the beginning of our 
our full-time investing career. And really, he taught us everything that made a huge difference in the way we approach the business. Of course, a lot of what we love about Ron is he focuses on the pretty house business, not just rehabs. A lot of folks out there teach you how to do wholesales and rehabs. And Ron uh, wonderfully focuses on the pretty house, the creative financing side of the business, uh, which is really a powerful side of the business. And we have made so much money with, uh, it's a buy and hold strategy, guys. Uh, creative financing is technically a way of doing buy and holds. And buy and holds are uh, our favorite deal because you make so, there's so many paydays. When you sell on a lease purchase, when you buy a house with seller financing of some, way, you know, some kind, and there's you know, several different ways that we'll probably talk about today uh, to buy on seller financing. When you buy a property like that and then you turn around and sell it on lease purchase, the longer you hold on to it, the more you're going to make. We had a property that actually our tenant buyers cashed us out of recently, and we'd had the property for five years, and uh, we made like 198000 on that one. But there's other ones that we've held for a long, long time that we made in the hundreds of thousands on. And, uh, I mean, I think our record final paycheck on a deal was 405000 $770. That's right. You even remember the exact amount. Well, that's because that was the record setter, guys. Ron congratulated us on that one. That's the biggest back-end payday on a single house deal ever. And so that's our biggest one, obviously. And uh, really, that's the kind of thing. It's almost like a retirement account in one house. And that's when you buy properties correctly and you hold them a long time because the mortgage gets paid off. The longer now we had that house for like 25 years. So when you are holding them that long and you're you're working with lease purchase buyers, lease purchase buyers don't always go through with the with buying it. Now you can you know push them through or you can set it and forget it. Yep, and that's what we love to do. Round the ground kind of set, set it and forget it. That's right. Don't kill the golden goose. And, you know, sometimes they do call you in a couple of years or whatever and say, hey, I, I'm ready to buy it. I've done whatever I need to do to qualify. Uh, but oftentimes they call you in a couple, three years and say, hey, I got transferred from my job or this or that happened or sadly I'm getting a divorce or whatever and uh, we're going to move out. And so then you get a new house. That's and so right. you, then it's like rinse and repeat. So that's what I we love. I love that. Rinse mm -hmm. and repeat, honey, Brian. That's great. So a couple uh, housekeeping real fast. Uh, Ron Grand is doing a free workshop. It's called Seller Financing. It's free. It's on January 20th and 21st. And if you haven't signed up, go ahead and call Global Publishing. Uh, you can do 904-262-0491. Call Global Publishing or just go right to ronthegrand.com, get signed up. Um, and, of course, we'll see you guys all if you uh, – So is that seller financing that's free, you said, and it's a virtual event? Yeah, it's free and virtual. Yeah, January 2021. So you'll actually sign up for it, then you'll get a link on the day, and you'll actually be able to go on the stream and watch Ron do that event. There's a lot of teaching in that event, uh, and that's all about seller financing. Just what uh, I know we're going to talk more about that tonight. Uh, as we as we interact with you guys and answer your questions. Yeah, and one more thing, of course, we've been helping Ron the Grand teach. Um, he's our, our guru and mentor. We've been teaching with him alongside him for over 18 years now. 
And uh, he's doing a quick start real estate school in person in Dallas, Texas, January 25th through the 28th. Uh, January 25th through the 28th. That is not free, um, but go ahead and call the office and get hooked up with that. It's uh, 904-262-0491, but it's phenomenal. You want to tell them about the Quick Start Real Estate School real fast? Yes, and uh, some of you have been to the Quick Start Real Estate School, and you can come back for free for a year. That's one of the great benefits, and after that, it's only $500. This is incredible training that you can get for very affordable, and Ron teaches you every kind of business. Listen, Ron wants you to be a transaction engineer, so he teaches you not only every kind of deal, you know, there's seven kinds of ways to buy and sell real estate, seven basic deals. He teaches you all those, including the ugly house business, the fix and flip and the wholesale business. And he teaches, of course, the pretty house business. That's what we start off with. And on the first night of that event, uh, Lynette and I, and sometimes some of these, some of the mentors, Ron's incredible mentor team, go up and make live calls from your leads that you bring in. So this is a really highlight of the event. You really get to see the business happening right in front of your eyes. And Lynette and I have specialized in this uh, since we taught Ron's Pretty House Boot Camp. We used to teach Ron's Pretty House Boot Camp for many years. And the Quick Start Real Estate School is basically Ron's Ugly House Boot Camp and Pretty House Boot Camp put together, which is the best way to do it. And the cool thing is Ron still teaches it so you get to see Ron live now in Dallas. He'll be there all four days. And sometimes he doesn't stay for the fourth day. And because of uh, plane and travel uh, considerations, Ron's staying all the way through the fourth day. So he's really going to be teaching you guys a ton of information. If you have not been to any Ron events uh, and you want to go to a live event, because there's, you know, there's not that many live events sometimes, and this is going to be an incredible one. Lynette and I, of course, will be there, and you will be turning in your leads to me and Lynette. We can't wait to call your sellers and close deals for you while you're at that four-day event. Yeah, so that's going to be amazing. We really want to see you there. And so uh, sign up for that with Global Publishing. I know Lynette has rattled off that number a couple times. Let me give it to you one more time. It's Go ahead, honey. Uh, 904-262-0491. Okay, there you go. So, guys, uh, give them a call to get on board with that. Now, we want to open it up for questions. Yes, so we have, um, obviously, a Gold Club member I recognize. Uh, okay, last name Scott. Um, area code 843. Say your name and say where you're from. Hey, Charleston, South Carolina. Hi! How are you? <laughs> I got the right two perfect people uh, to think, answer the couple of questions. Nice. Yeah, so it's on the um, a couple of forms, the lease option, uh, the lease agreement uh, with the option to purchase real estate, and then the uh, option agreement itself to purchase real estate agreement. Yes. All right, now this is when you guys come to the Quick Start School, uh, normally, I teach the paperwork on the last day. This is what we call our selling paperwork. Both those forms, uh, what was your name again, dear? It's Tracy. Tracy. So both of those forms that Tracy mentioned are selling paperwork. When you are buying, you are probably going to use one of two forms. Mostly, we want you to use the standard purchase and sale agreement. So that's the agreement you're going to be using the most commonly. When you pull it up on your goal club, 
you, it's under resources and it's under courses by the Quick Start Real Estate School. And you'll actually see standard purchase and sale agreement. Everything is alphabetical on there. So that's the most important agreement. And then there's another one, uh, which is the lease with option agreement. And that's and another agreement to buy, except we're not buying there. We're leasing with an option to buy. Sometimes that's how you have to do it. Um, I will get to your question in just a sec, Tracy. But remember, guys, the first, the main three ways you're going to buy pretty houses are seller financing, and sometimes you hear that referred to as owner financing. And if you ever want to tell people, if they say, well, what is that, and you explain it to them, and they're still, they don't get it, okay, uh, tell them they can even look it up in Wikipedia. Okay, I've looked this up in Wikipedia, and there's a pretty good uh, description there of seller financing, and it doesn't sound scary. It sounds like a regular way of doing business. So, um, and people trust Wikipedia for whatever reason. Most people. All right. So uh, the two, the three. Bit, call, write down this, guys. Write down the big three. The big three ways that you're going to uh, do seller financing is one, seller financing, which that's whenever uh, usually when people have a free and clear house. That's, you know, you're just going to go right to the seller financing closing call. All right. Now, there's another way subject to, and that's less common because they have to owe about 90% of what the house is worth. So write that down. On a subject to, they have to owe about 90% of what the house is worth. And your question is, your first question is, will you sell the house for what you owe on it? And then you ask, will you keep the mortgage in your name? You don't say it, you know, right out, straight out like that, but basically that's what you're figuring out. So if they will sell for what they owe and keep the mortgage in their name for a while, that's a subject to deal, okay? Um, sometimes Ron will tell you on a subject to deal, just write this down next to where you wrote down subject to, write down wrap, okay? Sometimes Ron will say, whenever you have a subject to, Especially if you know they're going to show it to their attorney or something, it's, it's better to propose doing it as a wrap, okay? That's a WRAP, like you're going to wrap that underlying mortgage and create a new mortgage. It's, a, it's more paperwork and it's a hassle. So if the seller doesn't really care, uh, you know, I really like to write it up as a subject too. Now, the third out of the big three, so first one, seller financing, second one is subject to, and then the third one is this sandwich lease purchase. So the two pieces of paper that you'll buy houses with, the standard purchase and sale is for both of the first two. So if you're buying with seller financing or buying on subject to, you use the standard purchase and sale. But if you're buying on a sandwich lease purchase, and sometimes there's a good reason to do that, like if you can get a lot lower down payment or if the seller is freaked out about the due on sale clause, sometimes you say, okay, well, let's do a sandwich lease purchase instead. And uh, sometimes if you have really high closing costs when you're buying a house, like if it's a million-dollar house and it's going to cost you $20,000 to buy it to take over the title, then sometimes you do a sandwich lease purchase instead. So there's a few reasons why to do that, and that's when you use the lease with option agreement. Okay. Now, the two agreements that you're talking about are the ones that you guys are going to use when you're selling a pretty house. Okay. Now, the one uh, is called real property possession and lease agreement, and that's the, that's the main one. So write yeah. that down, guys. That's yeah, real, real property possession and lease agreement. It's kind of a mouthful. 
but normally we just call it the lease agreement. Now that agreement right there, that's just, write this down guys, that's just rules of the lease. In fact, none of the terms are actually in that agreement. And so write this down, there's always four terms. What are the terms, Lynette? Um, purchase price, you've got term, monthly payment, and no down payment. <laughs> right. So guys, write these down. These are the four pretty house deal points. Just write down four pretty house deal points. Now, whenever you negotiate with a seller or a buyer, you always have to figure out these four things and you have to write them on the agreement somewhere. So purchase price is number one. So even if you're buying a house, even if you're just buying a house for a wholesale and getting it under contract and, and wholesaling it or something like that, you're still always going to have a purchase price. Okay. Now, you, if somebody agrees to do a pretty house deal, a creative financing deal, you'll have more than just the purchase price. You'll have three more terms. So normally the way we do it is number one is purchase price. Number two is monthly payment. You've got to figure out how much the monthly payment is going to be to the seller. Now, normally, whatever the seller's mortgage is, that's what you're trying to get it to be. So if their payment is $1,262, that's what you're trying to get your payment to be, and then you just will pay on the mortgage. Now, you can sweeten the pot with sellers and say, look, I'll pay you an extra $100 a month, and you'll just be able to go down to the, to the post and to your mailbox and pick it up mailbox money for doing nothing. So sometimes we use that, we, we pay a little bit more if we can afford to on the monthly payment to sweeten the pot for a seller. But normally we're trying to just pay what their mortgage amount is. Now if it's a free and clear house, then we have to start kind of from scratch and there's some things we have to, that's all in the scripts and we teach you guys that when you come to the quick start school. Okay, you how you it? figure some of these things out. So monthly payment is number two, number three is length of term. And normally, if there's a mortgage on it, we normally just say, well, I'll just keep paying on the mortgage till the mortgage is paid off, okay? And if they say yes to that, then you've got a really long-term and a really great seller financing deal. Okay, but Lynette, can you still hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I just uh, wanted to stop for a minute. I'm a little bit short on time. I've got to go back to work. But um, oh. it make me a little bit scared now that I don't have the right forms um, that I was using. Got them almost all filled out for both of them um, and was ready to um, get ready to set an appointment with my seller. And I'm on the um, buying end you know, right ah. now. I go to the seller uh, and um, want to make sure I'm not using the right ones. Is this the wrong thing you tell me? Yes, um, yes. So this is the forms that you need to use. Are you gonna? Are you doing a sandwich lease purchase deal? Are you lease purchasing it from them, and then you're gonna turn around and lease purchase it? Right, lease option on both okay. ends. Okay. All right. Then you want to use. You're gonna use the lease with option agreement. That's a right. separate. It's a. It's two sides of short one page. Form. Yeah, it's the short form. The one you're looking at. The two I'm talking about there are when you're selling. So don't use the ones. You know those with the seller because. Uh, they don't protect you the right way. That's the long form. So I think I got the short form. It's uh, called the first line starts uh, with this lease agreement with option to purchase real estate. And yes. Okay. So, yeah. Yes. Now, so, same yeah. terms. And, and uh, I'll, I understand you've got to go back to work. I'm going to continue explaining this to people. But, yeah, that's the one you want to use. And, uh, guys, that's, it's only one-page agreement, so uh, it's pretty simple to do. Okay. Yes, now, so when you're selling, there's a whole bunch of pages. 
So it's that, the long form. Yeah, that's the one with the table of contents. Sometimes Ron says, do you want to use the lease purchase form with the table of contents or with the one without? The one you use that has the table of contents is when you're selling. Right. Okay, yeah. So I got, got the short form here, and um, I was just wondering, so you know how on the PI sheet um, in the little box we have to get the down payment, the monthly payment, and then the term for the balloon payment as to how long they'll give us to make monthly payments, right? Right. That's so right. Number two is the term on the lease agreement with option to purchase real estate, the short form. Is that where I'm supposed to, uh, it says the term of this lease option shall be a period of blank months. Um, is it supposed to be that same term that's on that little box, or is that a different number? Well, what have you talked to, have you worked this out with the seller, how long they're going to lease it for? Yeah, so um, I, I mentioned 10 years, where he said he's agreeable. Um, he's kind of um, he's open to, to any options. Um, as I, he doesn't know a lot about um, lease options, um, so I just I threw out there 10 years, and he didn't bulk, uh, what have you. So Okay, uh, well, 10 years is, is excellent. So you would just put down, you could put down 120 months, or you could put down 10 years. You can write either one in there. But, you know, uh, but that's where you put it in, yeah. Okay, all right. And then um, the uh, spot that corresponds on the option to purchase real estate agreement, which is, I think, the uh, other sheet that we're supposed to use along with the notice. Um, no, actually, no. guys, this is, uh, that's only when you're selling. There's a separate agreement that's called option to purchase real estate, and that's only when you're selling. Don't use that when you're buying. The lease with option agreement has the option purchase price right on there. So when you're doing this, uh, it's on the other side in about the middle of the page. Uh, it says how much you're going to pay for this house. Okay. Now, here's, here's the thing, guys. This is a little bit more complicated, but if you want to, does this property have a mortgage on it, Tracy? Yes. Okay, and you know what we want to do ideally is to get credit for all the payments that we're making, uh, and we want basically the amount of the uh, mortgage principal reduction that happens during the lease. So in ten years, we want to get credit for all that we've paid towards the mortgage, which could be you know a hundred thousand dollars or something after that much time. So we want to get credit for that. So your purchase price. You do not write in the purchase price that you guys have agreed upon on that where it says purchase price. This is really an important part of this sandwich lease purchase deal, guys, is that you write in purchase price to equal mortgage payoff balance at time of cash out closing. Okay? Payoff balance. Yeah, purchase price to equal mortgage payoff balance at time of cash out closing. Okay. So do you know how much they owe on the property right now? How much they owe on it? Uh, yeah. No. Um, he uh, didn't have that, but I, he told me that the payment, I think, is around 15. Um, okay. Well, and that's, no, that's why, Brian, um, Tracy, on paragraph 14, on the second page of that short form, it says purchase price. There's an asterisk, and you can see we pre-printed with that asterisk what Brian just said, purchase price equal mortgage balance payoff amount at time of cash out closing. So that's why you need to write, make sure you're writing the right thing in on paragraph 14. Yes. Now, here's the thing, though, guys. Form or something. 
It's blank on mine. Must be looking at an old form. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's, that's something we put in. So just make sure you guys write this in. It's not on. I don't know if it's on the one on the board. Oh, form. yeah, I apologize, honey. Yeah, so just make sure you're writing this in on every one of these. Every time you buy a house uh, through a sandwich lease purchase, you'd never write the purchase price in there if they have a mortgage on it. Now, if there's no mortgage, there's something on the front side where you talk, where it talks about rent credit, and that's where you give yourself like a rent credit of, you know, however much you want, you know, 300 a month or paragraph five. Paragraph three. Yeah. So that's paragraph three on the front of that form. That's a two-sided form. Uh, you know, on the front side, you would write the rent credit if there's no mortgage. But usually people have a mortgage. So that's when you flip it over on the back side. What clause is that again, Lynette? Uh, paragraph um, 14. 14. And so you write that in there, uh, purchase price to equal mortgage balance payoff amount at time of cash out closing. Now, okay. here's the thing, though, guys. You've got to write this or else it doesn't make any sense because you are not buying it for what the mortgage is right now. You're buying it for do you, what's your purchase price on this house, Tracy? Uh, got them down to 650 $650? Okay, now you've got to figure out what the mortgage balance is, and you've got to subtract it from 650 So let's say he owes 450 on the mortgage. So when you write this clause under number 14, you have to write uh, purchase price to equal mortgage balance payoff at time of cash out closing plus 200000 because you're actually buying it for 650 and the mortgage is 450 right now so you're buying it for 450 plus 200. Now you want to get credit for that 450 going down because in 10 years that 450 is going to be all the way at, you know, 362 or something, who knows, but it's going to be a lot less. So you want credit for all that mortgage principal reduction and if you write that clause in here like I just said exactly what I said, then you'll get the credit. So, Tracy, uh, you can write me and Brian a check for $90,000 because you're on this gold club call. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, okay. I'm kidding. No, but that's a really important. That's why you guys call in and ask questions and make sure you have the right forms. It's really good you called in, Tracy, because yeah, this was, yeah. you know, get you on the right forms and the right, uh, have it right, write it up the right way. Right, so I have to put six hundred fifty thousand minus mortgage. No, uh, no, 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 no. Well, you got to figure out. You don't write this anywhere. Do you know on how much agreement. the mortgage is, Tracy? No, he didn't say exactly what the balance is. Okay. Yeah, sometimes you can do a little research and actually find that if you have any kind of software program or anything. But if you, you know, you can just ask them. Well, so how much is you do you owe when I come by? I'd like to see a mortgage. You know, if you have a recent mortgage statement or if you can pull it up on your phone or something, because you're going to want to see what the balance is. So, like I said, if the balance is 450, then you got to write purchase price to equal, you know, mortgage payoff amount at time of cash out closing plus 200,000. Because do you, do you understand why I'm saying that? Do you understand the math there, Tracy? I wasn't sure about the, well, I know the difference between 650 and 450 is 200. Right. So and now if you write it that way, then your purchase price. Now, right now, if you cash them out right now, you're, you're paying purchase price to equal mortgage payoff amount. Right now, the mortgage payoff amount is 450 plus 200. So that's the 650 that you're buying it for. Do you get that? Yeah. Sure. Okay. But 
Now, in 10 years, like I said, the mortgage is going to be a lot less. So then the purchase price will equal that mortgage balance payoff amount, which is now 362 or whatever, uh, plus 200,000 because you still owe him 200,000. So that's just write it, write it up like that. And then, you know, anytime, guys, anytime you do a sandwich lease purchase, that's the way you write the purchase price. Just write it as plus two hundred thousand right now. Well, yeah, but we wait till you find out how much he owes on the mortgage, and then whatever the difference is between six fifty and what he owes on the mortgage, that's what you write in there. Okay. That's what okay. That's my number. Yes, that's your number that you write in there. So if he owed if he owed three fifty on the house, then you're buying it for six fifty. Then you write three hundred in there. Right. Okay. Okay. You don't write six fifty anywhere. You just write. The mortgage balance is for, you know, whatever it is, plus, you know, the difference. Okay. All right. So then um, if I don't need that option uh, form, that I don't take no. that. Um, so I have the short form. got the notice of real estate option agreement. And then I have the... Um, you know, you can have them sign that notice of real estate option agreement. Um, that is a form that technically is supposed to be notarized so that you can actually record that on, on public record because it's showing the world that you have an option to buy this house. So he can't go try to sell it out from under you. Now, we do that on some deals. If, if the person, if you pretty much trust the person, sometimes we don't always get that signed because it's kind of, you got to jump through some hoops because they got to sign it in front of a notary in order for it to be something you can file with public record. So uh, that's something that is not, you know, I mean, that's not absolutely mandatory on these deals. It would be nice if you could get it. If he's really amenable and really super friendly and easygoing about everything, uh, and it's not too hard to, you know, get him in front of a notary, then it wouldn't be a bad thing to get that signed. If you're worried that, you know, over the 10 years, he's going to try to sneak behind your back and sell it out from under you because he seems kind of sneaky, then I would probably insist on it and just figure out a way to get, it, get him in front of a notary and sign that. All right. But, yeah. And I need yeah, purchase and sale agreement to go to that meeting too? Uh, not technically, no. Um, if you want to fill one out in advance and just basically have it be a cash sale, per, if, you, if you can figure out, you know, there's examples in the quick start manual, and if you can actually uh, figure out how to just write a cash offer on a standard purchase and sale agreement and you're buying it for 650 and you just leave the dates blank, but it's basically a purchase and sale. You can write your company name in there, and you can write them in there, uh, and you know you, you can just leave the date open. But uh, you can write that up in advance, and uh, you know if you want to do that. But a lot of times the seller's not going to sign that because you're not buying it right now. Uh, so really, that's not something we usually have in the package. The only main thing is the take the short form and then the yeah. notice if you want to. And, uh, and an authorization to release information. That's an important form. Anytime you go out on a seller appointment, also get that authorization to release information signed. That one too, yep. All right. Yeah. And you know what? If they're really, really flexible and they, like, if they live a thousand miles away from the house and they don't really care that much about it, you could even get them to sign a limited power of attorney. And that actually gives you the right to do, you know, whatever you want with the house. The limited power of attorney only applies to this property. 
That's sort of like uh, authorization to release information on steroids. It's called the limited power of attorney form. Right. Okay. And have you guys uh, done ones on lease option where there's a tenant in the, uh, in the house paying rent? Sure. Yes. For sure. Now, sometimes the, the seller wants us to let them stay, and sometimes they don't care. And sometimes the tenant is month to month, and sometimes they have a lease. If they have a lease, pretty much unless we are in the mood to buy them out of their lease, and as long as we're not losing money per month, we'll usually let them stay in throughout the lease. Right, Lynette? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, you know, if, uh, what's the story on this one? Yeah, he, there's a tenant that they um, realize that uh, he's selling, and um, they're ready to move whenever he finds a buyer. And okay. they're paying yeah, 2500 uh right now in rent. Um, and so... Um, no, here's one thing I do recommend, guys. If someone hears that they're selling, that the person's selling the house and uh, they assume they have to move out, I would contact them before they go moving out, and I would say, hey... Would you be interested in possibly buying this house? Yeah, I could set you up on a lease purchase, and if you already like the house, you know, if you gave me a little bit of a down payment, uh, you could actually stay in the house and, uh, you know, continue living there and until you get qualified for your own mortgage, and then you could buy it from me. So I always go because it's easier, basically, to do it that way. Uh, you know, if if somebody is already in there, that way you don't even have to clean up the house or market it or anything. So a lot of times if they already love the house and they're kind of sad they have to move out, maybe you're the bringer of great news. You know, yeah. now, now look, even if you don't think they can ever qualify, but they, you know, they want to try and stuff, but they don't, they want to stay in there. So long as you can get a non-refundable option deposit of hopefully, you know, we always want to try to get 5 or 10% down on a non-refundable option deposit. But if they're already living in there and you have no expenses and no fixing up the house, no, you know, what we call a pretty house polish, you know, I'd probably take, you know, 10 grand or 20 grand down and say, wow, that, you know, uh, you know, probably just do it that way because it's, it's so much easier. Now, normally, guys, on a $650,000 house, uh, if they're moving out, I would want somebody to move in that's going to give us about seventy grand. So that's, that would be our target. So if I call these folks and they say, no, we're really not interested in the property, uh, we're ready to move out, then, you know, then I'd have them proceed forward. I'd probably spend a little money on fixing it up and cleaning it up just so it shows well and stage it up and then just put it right back on the market for as a lease purchase. I had definitely thought about, uh, you know, keeping the tenant and um, see if they wanted to purchase uh, when I do these lease options. But um, the thing that I was concerned about and worried about the seller then finding out what price I'm selling to them for and, you know, being his house, and if there's a big difference like it is in, in this case um, that they, he might have a problem with it, some kind of for privacy, might not want that. Uh Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe I could see that. Um, yeah. Some of these things have to be handled the right way for sure. Yeah. But, uh, boy, you've got a lot of really good questions, Tracy, that really apply to a lot of people's deals. That's why we took a lot of time because this is all very instructive. I'm really yeah. glad you called in. Yeah, and then on that section, on that uh, subject, too, of uh, tenant being in there, um, I kind of um, – 
let uh, my attorney uh, look at the assignment of rents and leases. They told me this one that I have uh, that I was looking at is for like mortgage in default, which I don't have any reason to believe or know yet that his is. Is there another uh, better form on the Gold Club site that uh, you want the rents assigned over to you during the process, you know, till, till they leave, till the tenants leave? Uh you know, you could look that up and uh, an assignment of rents and see. I think there is an assignment of rents form on there. Yeah, and yet, and uh, see, Ron has so many different forms, guys. The one challenge is figuring out because they're all alphabetical. So sometimes it's a challenge to figure out where exactly they are. And so, like for instance, if you want work for equity, it's under sweat equity. And so if you look on the work for equity, some things are cross-referenced, so you can find them easy, but you, you'll all be using a lot of this paperwork that we were talking about today. Have you used that assignment of rental leases one yourselves? Uh, no, usually, listen, here's how you can do stuff, guys. You can write anything in on the, I'm trying, we always try to keep everything as simple as possible. On the purchase and sale agreement under number 18, it's just got a whole bunch of open lines, and you can write additional terms and conditions. And the same thing with the, with the other lease with option agreement. You can just write add additional terms and conditions or just add an addendum, however your attorney wants to do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think I'll step aside if you have any more questions because it'll get a little more detailed if I go on. <laughs> awesome. Well, really good questions. And, uh, and good luck. Yeah, good luck. call in next month and, uh, and update us on how it's going. <laughs> All right. Uh -huh. Thank you. All, All right. right. Bye. All Bye. right, Brian, we have uh, two more people in the queue. Um, so next we have uh, Erie Code 513. Say your name and where you're from. Hi, I'm Kay. I'm in the Tampa Bay area. Hi, Kay. Hi, Kay. It's an honor to talk to you guys. I've, I'm starting, I'm pretty new with the Gold Club and everything, and I've heard so much about you two, so I feel like I'm talking to rock stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. But um, here's a question, and as I said, I'm pretty new, so I just wanted you guys to give me some direction. Sure. Um, so far, I bought Ron's, the first course, you know, the, uh, I forget what it's called. I'm sitting here with it in the notebook, but and I'm learning. You know, the the very first one you buy from Ron. The term course. Yes, the term. Yes, but um, I may have an opportunity here. It's just potential. I just found out about it just in the beginning phases, but I just thought, wow, the wolves are here. So maybe you can uh, steer me in the right direction. Sure. Uh, there is an opportunity, possibly a doctor I know who is looking for. Um, commercial property to build a clinic, and he's looking for investors, and he he wants to build a number of these clinics. This is just the first one, so he, he said, "I heard you know you know you know do you deal with real estate? Maybe you can help me find some commercial property." And I know commercial is very different because I've heard Ron talk about it some. So um, you know this is a little bit down the road, but I wanted to start to prepare in case this opportunity comes to fruition. So how can you guys guide me? Like where do I begin? to get knowledgeable about this. Okay, well, now, Ron is one of the few gurus out there who really has a huge focus on commercial. And he's got a commercial boot camp, and he's got a commercial uh, mastermind group. 
And in his commercial mastermind group, uh, people are constantly submitting deals, and Ron works on deals with folks. Uh, he just ha- closed last month a deal up in Michigan with Josh, uh, one of our great students. And so if you have a commercial deal, Ron will actually help you with it, and you don't even really have to understand that much about commercial. Uh, if it's a good deal, he's going to be very interested. Now, he's going to split it with you uh, if you bring it to him, or he'll just advise you on how to do it, and you can. it's up to you if you want to split it with him or not. But there is a whole commercial side to real estate investing, and sometimes there's you know, some real great opportunities in that world. Now, if this doctor, you know, if he's looking for commercial properties, uh, you would get very, here's basically how I would approach this. I'd be very specific about what he's looking for. And then I would start looking for that type of property. I don't know if he's looking for just a vacant property where he's going to build a building or if he's looking for pre-existing structures that are built out for medical or, you know, you got to ask some questions and figure out what he's looking for. And once you figure out what he's looking for, if you can help him find something, you can, uh, you know, you can basically buy properties and, and sell them to him. So you're basically like a wholesaler. And now in the world of residential homes, when you're, when you find a distressed property, uh, our first, our first choice is wholesaling it. Now, if you guys have never done a fix and flip, uh, that's a big, you know, it's a, it's like eating a whole pizza at once. And you're, if you're brand new, it's really quite a challenge. And we'd rather have you just build up your cash reserves quickly. And so really your best exit strategy on most distressed properties you find is just going to be a wholesale. That would be the same as in commercial. In commercial, most of what you do, uh, unless you're a developer, but nobody on this call is a developer, and most people would never would want to do that. Ron doesn't want to do that. What Ron wants to do in the commercial world is find a piece of property that's obviously got some kind of, there's a discount on it because it's distressed. Everybody should write down those two words, discount and distressed, because when you have that kind of property, that's a whole different exit strategy than these pretty house deals we talk about. So on these with commercial properties, now let's say he wants any kind of a property that's 3,000 square feet and outfitted as medical, and he doesn't care if it's distressed or whatever. In fact, it's better if it's distressed because, you know, you can get a better deal on it. So then again, you would find properties like that, you would get them under contract, and then you'd wholesale them uh, to the doctor. Uh, there's a whole world of financing, too, in the commercial world. There's all kinds of stuff that you can do in commercial uh, that's different, actually, than residential. So, obviously, Ron is the man on that, and he can teach you how to do uh, whatever you want. So, if you want extended education on doing commercial deals, uh, he would be very interested in working with you. And if you have a really screaming deal, like if you found some if you had the buyer already in place and you found some, you know, once you find out what he wants. Now, here's the other thing, guys. I want, if you are checking out the commercial world and you're looking, especially if you know specifically what kind of property you're looking for and what area, Ron loves vacant land because you can buy a piece of vacant land, get it under contract, change the zoning on it for, for not too much money, and basically have it under contract and get a little bit of seller financing and then turn around after the rezoning within a year and resell it for a big profit. That's basically like wholesaling 
that land, you know, and so that's the same of what we're talking about. In a lot of these commercial deals, it's sort of like a wholesale of a regular house, but instead of a regular house, it's a building or it's a land of some kind, okay? So I love it. You know, I, I highly recommend Ron's commercial training if you're at all interested in that. He's the one to learn it from, for sure. And who knows how long he's going to want to keep doing those commercial boot camps. Actually, he really loves the commercial world. So he's probably going to be doing it for a long, long time because he, uh, that's, you know, a real passion for him. So anything on, on the commercial side, he, he's very interested. If you have a particular deal, and I can't talk for Ron or, or Global on this, if you had a really great commercial deal that you thought Ron would be interested in, uh, you Just know. Just call the office and um, ask for Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah? Yeah. Okay. Okay, because my understanding is um, this doctor has, he's got some investors already lined up with very deep pockets, so um, they're very serious, and he says, I know nothing about real estate. Right. And, you know, well, he's, so he, I think it, it could be, there could be quite a bit of potential. Okay, so, but um, now you've got to find out what they want. You know, you need to find right. very specifically if they want pre-existing building, do they want vacant land? Do they want it right in the middle of, right across from Starbucks? Or are they willing to go a little further out to get a better deal? And look at how much you're paying for acre. If they want a vacant lot, guys, you got to be able to get a vacant lot for, I don't know, 10 or 15 grand per acre. If you're paying 50000 an acre, uh, you know, you better have a lot that's worth 200 an acre. Uh, so it's, you know, depending on where you're at, one of the best things in, in commercial, this is the last thing I'm going to say about commercial because this is uh, it getting a little bit advanced, is if you can find a piece of vacant land that's still zoned agricultural or underzoned in some other way, and you can change the zoning on it, uh, that's the easiest way to make a bunch of money. So get a property under contract, change the zoning on it, with, you know, which means you need a, a surveyor. You need, sometimes you need to do uh, some, uh, some lot separations or other things like that that aren't too expensive, and then you resell it for a big profit. Sometimes you just uh, split lots, you subdivide lots off, and you can make a lot of money selling lots, you know, buying, uh, buying in a bulk and then selling them off as pieces. So there's a lot of different strategies. Guys, if you're very interested in commercial, absolutely check out Ron's commercial boot camp and mastermind group. Great question. Oh, so I, so I should sign up for the commercial boot camp first. And, and by the way, is that done virtually? Can I do that virtually? Do you know? Or is that just... Uh, that's a real good question. Call and talk to Isaiah about that. Okay. He'll, he'll be able to explain everything. He knows everything about that. And you said a good deal for is about ten to fifteen thousand per acre for vacant land. That's what you can. Uh, you know, everything depends on what area you guys are at. I mean, if you're in Indiana, it's a lot different than California. So sure. you know, it's you, that's why you got to do comps. It's funny because whenever you're looking at vacant land, you got to do comps just like you got to do on houses, and you got to see what are what's the land selling for around there for a 10 acre plot, a 20 acre plot, a one acre plot, what are people getting and what are they doing with it? So if people are buying a 10 acre plot, are they putting uh, commercial and residential on it or is it just residential? You know, what's the highest and best use of that land? And that kind of dictates 
you know, what you are willing to pay for it. Right. It's the perfect location for a Starbucks, and you can get it for 50000 an acre. Then it's probably really worth it because you'll get a lot more. But, you know, it all depends on where the land is. Okay, awesome. And one last thing, how do you do comps on on land? Well, actually, honey, this is kind of turning into a very advanced. I'm going to say one more thing. You can find some commercial on Zillow, but look on LoopNet. Look on LoopNet, L-O-O-P-N-E-T, LoopNet, and that's your place to start for commercial, guys. LoopNet, it's like a big listing service for commercial properties. Start there. Thank you. You betcha. Okay. All right. I needed to know that. And one more thing, the commercial mastermind group, would I be allowed to join that? Uh, yeah, anybody. That's something Isaiah knows about. Yeah, okay. I think after you attend the boot camp, then you can join. Okay, okay, gotcha. That's tell, them the, tell them the wolf couple says hello. I will. I'll tell them because I know Ron's talked a little bit about commercial and you got to do soil samples, and it sounds very complicated. Yes. So I didn't know if Ron was still into that, but you say he's still oh, working. Yeah. He definitely is. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. And you're Kay from Tampa Bay, is that right? Yeah, so okay. see, I'm in Florida. So isn't that cool? Close yeah, to Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. I know. I love right. it. I love it. So, yeah, okay. just moved there. So this is fantastic. This is so exciting. I can't even tell you. I'm so excited. All right. Well, we hope you see you soon at a live event. I hope so, too. And thank you, Wolves, for everything you do and being so positive. You're such an inspiration. I love it. Thank you. Thank oh, thank you're you. You're welcome. Well, see, I, I, I want to meet you guys soon, okay, at a live event. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, we would love that. Thank you right. so much for this help. Bye, All right. Brian, we have one more person in the queue. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go ahead. Area code 626. Say your name and where you're from. Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Annette. I'm calling you from California. <gasps> Hi, Annette. I recognize your voice. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You decided to get out of the snow for a while. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. We we uh we had enough snow. We're back to Arizona. Thank you. Thank you. We love Arizona. Good. Good. I am really looking forward to your uh, Leads to Deeds program. I guess that's been moved to March, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Did you have any questions for us on the Gold Club? Uh, Yes, actually, I have a couple. One is on business cards. I know that Ron favors these orange cards to attract sellers, primarily like ugly homes and even pretty homes. Mm-hmm. But I need a, a business card that's got a little bit more pizzazz to what I'm actually talking to people. What do you do? I buy, sell, finance, real estate. Right. This is, a, this is a very good point. I like to talk about this and that. Yeah. Okay. You, okay. So here's what I want you guys. If you want to use these fluorescent cards, number one, uh, you're going to have, tr- have trouble finding them. I'll tell you that up front. Our printer can't find him anymore, and uh, he can sort of do sort of a mock one that's not really that bright fluorescent, but it's kind of tricky to find these now. Also, remember, the messaging on some of those fluorescent cards, it says cash on it. You, if you are targeting the pretty houses, uh, we like the messaging. Instead of saying, we, I buy houses cash, we'd rather have it say full price for your house. Is, is more of our messaging now on our cards. So when we're looking for seller leads, 
that's the USP, the main USP we're using, full price for your house, or sometimes we say full price for pretty houses or full price for nice houses. Because sometimes people think, remember, they think you're an investor, they think all you deal with is distressed homes. So that's why we sometimes will even put pretty houses in that USP. But something like full price for your house or full price for pretty houses, something like that. Now that's different than these fluorescent cards. I like the fluorescent cards for, you know, your dry cleaner on the front thing sometimes, or if it's on a bulletin board where you really want to grab people's attention at a distance, those cards are good for that kind of thing. However, if you're going out and knocking on a seller's door to do a very serious deal meeting with them, that card doesn't really help your credibility uh, when you hand it to them at the front door, you know, when you're coming in with paperwork and you're going to tour the home and try to buy this house. So I really want everybody to have another card. We call this a professional card. Uh, and everybody, the, one of the biggest challenges is when you're kind of new to something is coming off professional. And so the two things I can tell you, if you really want to try to come off professional is practice the scripts. That's a, a huge factor and get a really nice business card. It sounds so simple, but get a really nice business card for in-person meetings. And guess what? When we do a virtual call with people, I even hold up my business card. So if you have a real nice business card, now here's, here's what I want your professional business card to, to look like. Number one, I want your picture on it, okay? And so I know Ron poo-poos this, but I think you're a lot more memorable if your picture is on that card. So sometimes, you know, we get a lot of cards. Obviously, we go to a lot of events. And, the, you know, I'll look through the stack of cards I have once in a while. You know the people I remember? The ones with their picture on there. Well, I see, oh, yeah, that person. It's so hard to remember people's names. And so uh, I really recommend having a very professional picture. Now, don't just, you know, the cameras nowadays are good enough where you can almost just take a nice picture of yourself uh, you know, on profile, you use the portrait setting on your phone and uh, you, you can pretty much get a good picture like that. You don't have to necessarily go down and get a professional picture, but put something real business-like on a tie or a really nice blouse or blazer or something like that. Get a really good picture of yourself. If you're a couple, I want you to both have both of you on the card. Okay. Cause I think that's a selling point is that you're a couple. So, and then have your business name on the card, and you should have, you know, one LLC that sounds real professional and sounds like uh, real estate. Now, your the name of your LLC, the name of your kind of operating LLC should have either real estate or homes or properties. One of those three terms should be in the name of your LLC. If you haven't formed an LLC yet, Make sure that it has that, okay? Like we had one person, Capri Enterprises LLC. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. You know, if you tell me I work for Capri Enterprises LLC, I'm just shaking my head. But if I work for Capri Properties or Capri Real Estate or Capri Homes, okay, now I know what I'm dealing with. So all those are, you know, some name that has one of those three terms in there is important and have it on your business card because I want it to look professional. Then you can have some USPs on there and that's where you would put on your business card, like I said. Now you can have this USP at the very top of your card, like the banner, 
and have it say full price for your home uh, or full price for your house right across the top. And that's, you know, you're pushing your USP. And I'm good with that. But then underneath it, like the name of your company and, and uh, your picture, like I said, your phone number and your website and your Facebook page. Now, people are starting to use their Facebook pages just as much as their website, if not more. And your Facebook page will, if you're doing it properly and using social media properly and posting on your Facebook at least like two or three times a week, some kind of, any kind of interesting thing about real estate, you will build a following, you'll have people and, and people will follow you and you'll actually have more credibility. People that you talk to will check out your Facebook page. They're already doing it anyway. And, uh, but you'll have a nice professional Facebook page for them to look at. So that should also be listed on your business card. Now, the back of your business card can be basically the same as what it says in the quick start manual, all that stuff. You know, uh, are you trying to sell your house and, you know, are you going through foreclosure? Are you doing this? Whatever. So you can say stuff like, you know, the normal messaging on the back. Ron always says, make sure you put messaging on the back. And I want this card, your professional card, to actually say, I buy houses and I sell houses. So, you know, you can, you can have that term like full price for your house, but then you could also have a term, have a line on there like, uh, we sell houses too, bad credit okay, or no bank qualifying, something like that. So make, you know, and you can explain that more on the back side of the card. And now the other thing I want you to make sure you have on this card is that you pay a referral fee of $1,000. Okay, this is a big thing now there where you can get a lot of leads when people understand that you're willing to really shell out for these leads, you know, for a good lead that you close. Now, not $1,000 for just a name, $1,000 for when you do a deal with somebody. Okay, you pay them 1000 bucks. So that should be on your card too. And when they see that, that's when they see what's in it for me. Okay, so if they don't have a house to sell and if they don't have a house, they're not buying a house right now, why not just throw this card in the garbage? Well, because what's in it for me, you could get $1,000 if you just give that card to somebody. And when you give the card out, you should tell people that. Make sure they know because they won't necessarily read the bottom line on the back that says that. Okay, so yes, I want you guys to have two or maybe even three kinds of cards with this, you know, either that fluorescent one or some other, you know, kind of a selling card. And, uh, but this professional card is real important. And we use the professional card for a lot of things, even like leaving it on, you know, your dry cleaners uh, counter and anywhere you can put cards. You can buy little card holders and put your cards out all throughout your farm area. In fact, you should, everybody should be thinking that and be doing that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stores in your area that would let you put your cards on their countertop. And if you have these nice professional cards with your picture on it and you say, I, I buy and sell houses, uh, you know, you can get your cards out that way. Okay, so that, that's my big wrap on business cards. Okay. Did you have any more right. questions? Yeah, one other little question on that. I also have my real estate license. Okay. You know, that makes it a little dicey when it comes to referrals. That, yes, yes, that's true. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, and uh, yes, that's you, you need to talk to your broker about how to handle that. But yes, yes. Okay. that and, and also, when you have a business card, guys, if you have your real estate license, 
you need to put your that you are a licensed realtor somewhere on that card. You don't have to put your license number or anything like that, but you have to put uh, somewhere on that card that uh, you do have a license. I, our students who have licenses, I don't want people to get the wrong idea that you're trying to get a listing. So we even have, some of our students just tell people that uh, I don't want listings. I wouldn't even take your house if you offered it to me as a listing. I'm just looking to buy it. Or I have my real estate license, but I just use it for investing. Something along those lines. Okay. Okay. Okay, but you still need to put it there. All right, good. good okay, good. but I, yes, and if you get the card, uh, you know, it's sort of like a realtor card. If you're a realtor, uh, the card I'm talking about, your professional card, looks not, you know, not that different from what a realtor card would look like. Just different messaging. And definitely use the, using the back. Okay. Excellent. Yes. Well, okay, great so question. What, thanks. One other really quick side note. I'm looking sure. for comps on rentals. When I looked on the dream system, the property I was looking at, they don't have any rentals in that area. Uh-huh. So, so is there a good source for rental comps? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. And, where you know, I like to look for – Houses for Rent on Craigslist, and I also look in, uh, the, believe it or not, my local newspaper, Internet. You know, you don't have to go buy a newspaper, but just look up your local, the big newspaper in your area and go on their Internet site, and then go on their classified site and look for real estate, Houses for Rent. And really, I want, and just do a Houses for Rent Google. Just go on a Google search and type Houses for Rent and then hit the community that you're targeting. So if your house for rent, uh, you're trying to figure out how much to ask for your rent. And Zillow also has a uh, rental estimate that's usually not too far off. Uh, so, you know, use that. And then, but I, I like to look up actual comps. So if I can find anything on Craigslist or Googling houses for rent or any other source and Zillow, Zillow has houses for rent as well. So go in and type any houses for rent, see if you can get current comps, especially off Craigslist because your ad's going to be in there. If you're looking to figure out how much you're going to get for rent on a property because you're in the process of buying it, uh, you know, it could be that a week or two down the road, your ad's going to be right next to those in there that are in there now. So that's why it's important to see what people are getting monthly uh, for houses in, you know, separate areas. Now, if you just can't find houses for rent in some area, uh, then it's a challenge. You know, then you just got to, you're flying by the seat of your pants. But usually you can find some kind of comps in most areas of some properties for rent. Okay, great. Okay. Thanks, guys. Oh, great. Hey, great questions. We really love you guys when you're calling in and, and asking such awesome questions. Yep, this has been a fantastic call. Thank you so much for calling in to the, the Gold Club call, and we'll see you the second Monday. And don't forget, if you're part of the alumni, that's the fourth Monday of every month, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. That's right. Remember, guys, we have a call just like this that Lynette and I do every single month. If you've already attended the Quick Start Real Estate School, uh, and, for instance, if you're coming to the one in Dallas here coming up, uh, after that, every uh, last Monday of the month, Every fourth Monday of the month, you can call in, and we do some advanced stuff. 
Uh, so that's always Lynn and I. And uh, so tune in for that one if you've been to the Quick Start School. And if you haven't been to the Quick Start School, I sure hope we see you there real soon. All right. This is Brian and Lynette Wolf, the Wolf Couple, on behalf of Global Publishing, Ron LeGrand. Yes, signing off for the Gold Club call this January of 2022. It's been a pleasure talking with you all, and good luck and good investing out there, guys. Have a blessed day and keep taking action. And a wonderful 2022. Okay, bye-bye. Bye for now.